0: No. you're listening to phyla and fandom a podcast ran by two furry scientists your resident zoologist dr wildlife
1: and bug lover me Ento.
0: Each week, we'll be exploring the world around us by discussing current topics in our own scientific fields, as well as current happenings in fandom-based subcultures like the furry fandom.
1: Today's date is April 11th, 2022, and this will be episode 14.
0: And uh, gosh, it has, <laughs> it's been some time since we've recorded an episode. Um not in this uh recording but like right before we were just discussing how crazy it is that our last recording date was back at the end of february now we're in april but that's because march was a very busy month for us wasn't it
1: yeah it was (laughs) wild it it feels like the month didn't happen but it all happened <laughs>
0: <laughs> yes i feel that completely um i knew it was going to be a busy month but i think it got crazier way crazier than i expected it to be so yeah and dear listeners that's the whole point of this episode i hope you're good i hope you're looking forward to it this whole episode is about what happened in march namely <laughs> namely us attending fertile equinox which uh was a very delayed experience uh meant to have taken place in 2020 but we know how that went that uh, pushed off
1: two years and it it sounds like I mean just from like us talking since then and stuff it sounds like it was a mixed bag for both of us in weird ways I think Mm -hmm. like for me especially like kind of reflecting back on what we were talking about in episode 13, like there was still a lot of the anxieties around being back at the cons. And like, I think I approached it well in terms of like mostly staying up in the room for a lot of it and like kind of keeping to a smaller group, but it was a good introduction. And Mm -hmm. In the past, F.E.'s have always been absolutely cursed for me. <laughs> I don't know if I had mentioned this in the last episode, but, like, just, I, I, okay, it's such a weird thing, because I love F.E., and I love just it as a fur con that's easy to get to because it's local. Um, but ever every single one that I've gone to has had some big thing happen, <laughs> and it's been, like, I don't, I, it makes me wonder why I have kept going back, uh, <laughs> other years. But then this time was like the best one, but still, like it had its own issues, but it was still like, I, I think it was a, a very good introduction back into cons after the pandemic for me. Um, yeah, yeah,
0: yeah, I completely feel that. And you know, this was my first Fernal Equinox. Um, so I didn't, I didn't really know what to expect. Um, it was also, well, technically it was supposed to be my first con as a guest of honor, but, uh, because of how, uh, how the pandemic laid out and what's happened these last few years, I was actually a guest of honor at a different con, even though I got offered that spot. After I got offered the FE spot, it ended up happening before Effie, and I know that was like kind of a weird tongue twister. Um, trust me, I don't understand it either. The pandemic has like rotted my brain; <laughs> my sense of time is completely messed up. But um, you know, like I didn't fully know what to expect because I I had been a guest honor at a convention before, but it was a much smaller convention. Um, it was Furry Migration. And I'd also never been to Fernal Equinox. And I also really haven't done too much in the local community since moving to Toronto from Dallas uh, because of all the COVID restrictions and the lockdowns. So going into this con, I didn't know as many people that would be at it as I would at other ones. Um, Compounded by the fact that Texas Furry Fiesta, which is my old hometown con, which is what the majority of my friend group goes to um, was happening the very same weekend. So all in all, I really didn't know what to expect out of it. And I would say like, (laughs) I'm just going to preface this whole episode. I'm sure you feel the same. Um, Overall, I I had a a great time, but it, you know, it wasn't fully cursed, but there was a lot of weird things that happened. (laughs) there was good things and there was weird things and uh i'm still processing a bit of it but overall uh, a great time and like i said i don't mean to speak for you but i i feel like you could say you know kind of the same thing uh, about Mm -hmm. your own time there
1: yeah and i also i we should preface with the fact that these are our feelings and like our experiences like it's really not any particular fault of the con especially this year as an exception Mm. like i think that it was a very difficult time to be trying to run a con like just back and then it was on this weird time in covid like weird wave and i know especially effie had like was super understaffed this year. So there was, like, Mm -hmm. definitely issues around the con, and then there was things we had to navigate, like, all of the things we were talking about in the last episode that we had to navigate personally at the same time. So it was, like, it's a weird experience. And, I mean, the hope is that, like, Anything that was like con side gets updated for like the years after the pandemic or the end of the pandemic kind of thing, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, it, like a lot of this episode is going to be very prefaced. Like the, this is <laughs> our feelings and our experiences and just kind of processing and working through that, especially for anybody that might be interested to get back into them like we are.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And, um, it's also like obviously we're gonna be talking about Fernal Equinox because that was Into's first convention back. Um it wasn't mine. Um and we when we say back, obviously we're talking about since the pandemic started. Yeah. Um so we we are referencing fernal equinox a lot because because of that. But overall we're kind of using this as a way of saying, like what's the way of putting it? Uh like This is kind of how Into's first con back went. And we're talking about it in a generic way, the same sense as we're being specific with Effie. Um, So hopefully you guys can use that to kind of know what to expect with your own first con back, whether that is, um, I think First Squared is this weekend, um, which... If you're listening to this at the con, bravo to you, because <laughs> it will air on Friday. Uh, if you're listening to our podcast at the con, um, I please message us, because that would be amazing if you actually were. Uh, but whether it's First Squared or um, you know, FWA is coming up, I feel like there's some other smaller cons, either this month or in May, that I'm just forgetting. Uh, BLFC and AC. Uh, those three are like the heavy hitters, but I feel like there's some small ones as well. Uh, but yeah, hopefully hopefully you can use uh, what we talk about here as a way to prepare yourself um, for your own first convention back. Or maybe it's your second one, or at least just kind of help you set your expectations in a way that won't leave you feeling let down. Yeah, <laughs> that, that <laughs> that's the foreshadowing. That's the foreshadowing for what I'm going to be talking about. Oh,
1: no. Oh,
0: no. <laughs> oh. Um, so, I, yeah. And then also, I, I think it's going to be fun to talk about this because, uh, like, you know, Intel, you were just an attendee. So your perspective is very different than mine because yeah. I was guest of honor. But um, guest of honor also means being alongside staff a lot and seeing a lot more of the behind the scenes stuff than a typical attendee sees so um our perspectives are in a lot of ways they're the same but uh different different as well
1: yeah and i mean so if we want to start on some of that thread like in terms of curbing expectations i guess Mm -hmm for the cons back, because I talked a lot about like the fears of COVID going into the con and like that the con was doing a lot of really good things with regards to like social distancing and mask wearing and uh, proof of vaccination and all of that. Um, And I think it was really good for me going into the con and like approaching doing activities from the perspective of like being okay with not doing as much as I normally would at a con and just kind of going with the flow for whatever felt right in that moment and like communicating with the people in my room. And I talked about the communication with the room beforehand too, a lot in the last episode, but, um, just like setting out those boundaries beforehand really helped. And we knew that we didn't want to do many events and putting out that like, kind of Drawing back that expectation of like, OK, I don't have to feel the pressure of I want to attend all these parties. Like, can I make them happen? It was more like, uh, I'm probably not. We're just not going to do parties. And that pulled back a lot of the like fears of social interaction as well as like the COVID mm-hmm. fears which Was super nice. Um, so like I was saying at the beginning of the episode, I just spent a lot of time like I went and suited maybe like two times day but for like only an hour or two and the rest of the time was really spent like back at the room hanging out with the core group of people that we had there um we went swimming early in the mornings and there was nobody there like those are the kinds of things that we ended up doing and i had a really nice con just doing that and like feeling engaged with the fandom like still in that like way of reintroduction feeling back into that space like I think that's what I really appreciated about the con over Mm -hmm. anything else is like slowly getting into it. And then there was just so many friends to see and so many people I got to say hi to, whether it wasn't necessarily as intimate an interaction as going to like room parties and stuff like that. But just seeing people in the con space quickly while suiting was enough to make me feel like, oh, my God, the world's getting back (laughs) to a like more open place and... I feel really good to be back in the fandom where I was feeling a lot pretty disconnected for it to it for a long time.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That, you know, and that's such a good point. I feel like for me, um, I probably could have went things a little slower at the convention. Um, like I, I did attend parties mainly like, you know, ones within my close friend group, but had a little, You know, was around a lot of people, uh, not to mention being out in the convention space itself. And, uh, you know, of course, when you're having lots of parties or going to lots of parties, you are um, getting so much interaction. Um, This wasn't my first con back. So I think that's why I also wasn't I didn't play as safe as you did, because I was like, oh, I was fine at these other conventions. Let's go wild at this one! <laughs> it's yeah, the I local swear. convention, and uh, dear listeners, if you have not been following along on my Twitter, uh, I got COVID after FE, and you know I I don't know really where where it came from. I mean, obviously it came from the convention in some way, but the convention was also um, I think there was like some other business groups in there. The hotel also wasn't requiring. Vaccines for general visitors. Um, The convention, like that weekend was the first weekend that Ontario had lifted restrictions on mask wear, mask wearing indoors and vaccines at establishments has also been removed at the beginning of the week. So it was like a perfect storm (laughs) of things for my immune system. So, you know, I don't I don't regret having the parties, but I can see where I can see why I got COVID, if that makes sense <laughs> um, and and where I got it. But but obviously um, I don't want to make this whole episode about me, me being sick. Um, it was really nice to finally be at F.E. after so many years of preparing for this and I think for me I had unfortunately kind of a warped vision in my head of what to expect out of Effie because this was something that I was looking forward to since 2019 I had been given or bestowed upon uh the guest of honor position since 2019 and I had been looking forward to it for so so long um you know, I I was, I think it was like two days away from me being here in Toronto physically for the convention. That when the borders closed and the world stopped, as we usually refer to it, and Fe canceled the convention, so it was like I was almost there, and then it was ripped out, ripped out from under me for good reason. Obviously, I'm not complaining about that. Uh, but then two years later, here we were, and I think I had warped expectations because I had spent. Basically, three years being excited for this, and was not prepared for the reality that is convention suffering from lack of staff. Um, It's not just Fernal Equinox; it's every convention, right? It's it's every convention that has a lack of staff. Um, I I saw it at Foreign Migration. I saw it at MFF. I've heard about it at at other cons, even TFF. So Fernal Equinox isn't alone in that regard. But um, somehow I still like—I don't know. I guess I just didn't think of it being a possibility <laughs> or something. And that's not Effie's fault at all. Like we're saying, that's like not Effie's fault. People's lives have changed over the course of the pandemic. Uh, people have moved on. Um, volunteers may not be as—you know—these people that would normally be really eager to volunteer may be trying to be careful because of COVID and they don't want to be as involved in the convention this year round, they're kind of like feeling it out. Uh, who knows? It's, it, it's a combination of things, but I think the lack of staff probably is part of what resulted in my so-so experience <laughs> from a guest of honor perspective. But I, I, you know, I don't want to make this a big negative thing. Uh, Into and I as panelists had an absolutely wonderful time. Um yeah. that was crazy.
1: <laughs> that was so crazy. <laughs> I I think I think it was chaotic like okay. That this isn't okay this isn't to like say that it was negative even leading up to it. Mm-hmm. Uh like I definitely want to preempt the my next comment with that. But it's like I think it was the most stressful thing I've ever done. <laughs> But I put that on myself, too, in a lot of ways. Like, I also pushed myself identity-wise going into it and, like, physically because I had suited, like, three times that day. I had gone swimming the morning before, and then I was trying to, like, wear this very femme, very out-there outfit. And I – because I just, like, I was like, I don't want to be – like regretting anything about this convention either. And like, this was a big moment. So I was like, I'm going to go out all out for this. Um, So I was like, I got really worked up about it. And then like, I wasn't really sure what it was going to look like when we were in the moment. And then like, when you were showing me the slides, there were so many of them. I kind of (laughs) got in my head a little bit. I was like, oh, we... Like, holy crap, what what have I gotten myself into? But it just, it was a blast. Like, it was so, so much fun. And I'm glad, like, I ended up, like, I'm very grateful that you ended up inviting me to do it. And, like, we ended up doing it. And it just turned out as well as it did because it was an amazing experience.
0: Yeah. And uh, if it... Mm- Helps you feel any better leading up to any drunk zoology panel. I always get l- very, very stressed, like, especially in the immediate hours before. That's why, like, um, the night of drunk zoology was the con staff dinner with the guest of honors, which was me and Anir, and we went off site for dinner. And I was even saying to them, I was like, I have to be back by like, I forgot what time I said, like, eight or nine. I think it was eight. Maybe not. I don't know. Anyway, I I have to be back to the hotel a set amount of hours before the panel or I'm going to be I'm going to have an anxiety attack yeah. freaking out about like not being ready for this panel. And, uh, it, you know, we got back in plenty of time and, and we were up in the room just kind of chilling. And I was like looking over the slides. And even then I was just like, oh, God, like, you know. How's this, how's this going to go? And there's always like the corralling of the people that are also participating in the panel with us. Not, not like you, right. Cause you were a co-host, but the people that are in yeah. the panel, like Ari Saber, um, Gail Strobes and D run, um, no matter who it is, that group of people, I'm always just like, okay, I got to make sure they get there. I got to make sure that no one in this whole panel is too tipsy. Um, I got to make sure that the audience knows what to expect and like is the A V working? And all these thoughts are going through my head. So you're not alone.
1: <laughs> oh, for sure.
0: I, I always get in my head with it. But then once it starts, I'm like, oh, like this is fine. Like this is this is a, a lot of fun. Uh, I will say though, I was over ambitious with the slides, but uh, for, for anybody that doesn't know what why we keep going on about there being so many slides. We've done the Drunk Zoology panel several times. Some Sometimes it's been with Into. Sometimes it's just been myself as host. Uh, when it first started, it was me and uh, this furry from Dallas named Bales, um, who is um, an aspiring herpetologist. Um, so the, the host and, and co-host kind of thing has, has changed a little bit. But Drunk Zoology has always it has happened several times and has always existed in one format. But for FE, we were all kind of like, let's change it up and make it more like a proper class where myself and my co-host, in this case, Ento, are actually teaching the panelists as if it's a class and they are our students. And the audience is kind of like <laughs> – it, it's kind of like you're filming a sitcom and the audience yeah. is the <laughs> – like the, you descriptor. Know, the actual <laughs> audience. Yes. And you know, they can participate and they can laugh, but the, the focus is on the panelists and the audience are just kind of, uh, uh there observing the chaos. And so we decided to go with this and it, it's not like we did this last minute. This was something that we had talked about for, for a bit leading up to the con, but I was over ambitious with the amount of slides that we would cover. I forgot to include the fact that when you were teaching very drunk people, or t- tipsy to very drunk there was a scale um things don't go as fast as you think they would <laughs> and also when the audience starts heckling the panelist it also slows <laughs> down a little bit That's true. so i do I, I learned a lot from teaching this format at fe and i will be going back through the slides and, and editing it but even then even though we had to skip over a lot, quite literally, I was scrolling past slides telling the audience we're not getting to this. um The audience was telling me how funny that was yeah. to see me be like, oh, oh.
1: <laughs> I heard that too. I actually heard from quite a few people afterwards that were like, this is my favorite part, just being like, no, go, 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 go. <laughs>
0: I think that I think what made it so funny is I would also be like, um, so we don't have time to cover this, but it will be on the exam. Yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, it, I mean, that panel is always stressful leading up to it because I I think both of us, this is true for any panelists, But in the case of like how we do science communication, I think we both like. There's this pressure that you want it to be educational, but you also want it to be entertaining. And you're just like, that's all you're thinking about is, is this going to go well? Is it going to be a great experience for the audience and the panelists? And it's a lot of pressure. Yeah. It's a lot of pressure. And that room was packed.
1: Uh, Yeah. That was was the most I've ever
0: seen. Yeah. Like when I stood up on that stage and I looked at how many people were out there, I was like, Oh no, Oh <laughs> no. Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> oh no, 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 no. Oh yeah. my
1: gosh. Yeah, I was not. I it, It's also like, I don't think I've ever been in that room at the hotel before, but it was a big room. And then they had a huge stage. Like that was a, like, it was a pretty formal thing. Like, especially jumping back into cons for the first time. And like, I've done a couple of panels. I mean we did the one panel, I think when was the hell in it? Was that BLFC? Something? Um
0: Further Confusion. for uh, Further oh, yes. Confusion.
1: FC. Yeah. Um, like those ones where it's just like a single like table and yeah, okay, you're interacting with a room full of like 30 people. But that was like so many people and it felt very formal. It felt like I was at a science conference or something like that giving a talk. And I was yeah. like yeah yeah so so intense but really good it's really good to see just how many people wanted that kind of content too that's like incredible
0: yeah yeah and like i will say i feel like it exceeded my expectations the panel did um and it, it was such it was such a wonderful time uh a lot of aspects of my um convention weren't so wonderful they they weren't like bad right but they were stressful and it didn't really live up to expectations but then this panel happened and it really set me back on the right track which is which is what I loved and and it was so nice like the last few days of the convention to be hearing from everybody how much fun they had um that's what I love to hear right is is people actually enjoying the type of content we put on and For anyone that's listening to this and being like, oh, my God, I want to attend Drunk Zoology, um, especially because you've probably seen that we're both going to FWA. Well, unfortunately, (laughs) I didn't think about it. And the panel submissions closed before I could submit. So there is no Drunk Zoology at FWA. But that's not to say that it won't happen at some other con this year. Um, There's just not one currently planned. And who knows? Maybe maybe we can find a way to host it virtually for all of you that um, aren't able to attend conventions right now. Uh, for one reason or another um i think that would be fun as well i don't know exactly what that would look like but um, we could even
1: do like it might be fun to think about for the future like once a year maybe on the podcast we do just like a twitch live stream or something or a discord thing where it's Mm -hmm. just like we do the drunk zoology panel for everybody interested and then that goes out as an episode
0: yeah yeah that could be cool yeah um just like yeah, like a little episode about it. Oh my gosh, that would be so much fun. <laughs> I'm just thinking of how chaotic that would be, though.
1: <laughs> I know. But I mean, it can't be any more chaotic than the FE one. Honestly, it was good. Very yeah. chaotic. Lots yeah. going on. Oh my God. The like last little bits at the end by everybody was so good.
0: Yeah. And, you know, I, I keep talking about things like missed expectations. Is that the phrase? Is that what people use saying missed expectations or broken expectations? Um, you know, I keep talking and talking about that and alluding to it. So I guess I should, I should finally uh, <laughs> bring it up in the episode. Um, like we mentioned in the last episode and we kind of mentioned it in this one, Effie did a tremendous job for like con attendee safety and, masks were required vaccines were required they were checking it you couldn't get anywhere without like your vaccine wristband or the mask check and all this um which was awesome the one thing that didn't live up to my expectations in that regard was the aquarium tour that i did um so i did an aquarium tour as a guest of honor at the ripley's aquarium of canada and it was ridiculous in terms of social distancing aka there was no social distancing because my dear listeners it was march break in ontario which is basically our version of spring break um it was also saint patrick's day and it was also uh there was an nhl game happening next door to the aquarium And I'm pretty sure the aquarium oversold tickets because you could not move more than a few feet without bumping into somebody. And I couldn't even lead the tour properly because there were so many people in the building. And it was very unfortunate because when the aquarium tour was originally planned back in in 2019 slash 2020, the aquarium had something that was called Sharks After Dark, which is what the tour, my tour was called. Uh, But the aquarium had it to where you were able to go, um, during like after hours right after the aquarium closed and only people that had bought these special tickets were allowed to go and while that wouldn't allow a completely private experience like just the the tour that I was leading it would be way less crowded and of course that didn't happen um and not only that but I had 60 people on my tour and there was one little me <laughs> and because of con staff shortages there was no con staff to help me um and the aquarium because they were so busy they wouldn't let me lead the tour because it was creating like a like a clog in the traffic which is understandable like I'm not mad at anybody for that but I had fantasized about this amazing aquarium tour since 2019 and then all this chaos happened on the first day of the convention, mind you, actually, not even the first day. it's like it's like it was Thursday night, so it's like the preface to the convention.
1: yeah and
0: I think it I think it set me in a weird mood going into Friday um but i will talk about a lot of the good things so opening ceremonies was awesome uh for those of you that were there or saw photos you may have noticed i had an out-of-body experience and that's because uh gail Frostbane wore my suit for opening ceremonies so i could be present as human me to talk and interact and that was so cool like that i felt i felt so awesome being a part of opening ceremonies mm-hmm. um being talked about on stage and people yeah. recognizing the work I've done that that was super it was a
1: killer cool job it was good I was there mm-hmm. watching it was awesome
0: yeah it was such an awesome time and and then like the dance comp was super cool I didn't participate in it but they um put so much effort into the intro of the dance cop like they had this recorded video that I, I don't know how they did this but the dance comp happened like the weekend of the convention and then, like, that Friday of the convention, they filmed, like, a little intro video of people preparing for the dance comp. And it's kind of hard to explain. I think you just really have to watch it on YouTube to, to really understand what I'm talking about. But um, they, like, fuse this intro video with, like, the intro of the dance comp in the sense that the video continued in person, live. At the dance comp and it was super cool and i i've like watched it so many times even at home now now that it's on youtube where i've been like that is the coolest dance comp intro that i have ever seen so i just want to say i don't know if any of them are listening but av team and fe y'all did absolutely amazing at that everybody that was a part of the dance comp um and hosting like the main events overall at fe that was that was like crazy. And uh, until I'll link that to you after this, because it. even if you don't watch the whole dance comp, just watching the intro, the first like two or three minutes blew my mind.
1: <laughs> I haven't seen it yet, so I definitely want to watch that.
0: Yeah. Um, and then, of course, like I, I was selling in the dealer's den, so that it, it wasn't my first time selling. And this is my second, second time. Uh, it went really well. Um I, I something weird I noticed about FE is not a lot of people were buying prints. More people were buying like more physical merch, like beanies, plushies, shirts, stuff like like apparel rather than prints. So that was that was a bit unusual. Um because I'm used to people loving buying prints, but that just means I have more stock from an Etsy shop. <laughs> so I don't, nothing to complain about there. Uh, It's not like it's going to go to waste. Uh, But the most important part about being in the dealer's gym was meeting people, right? Being able to catch up with people that I wasn't able to see because I would be like moving around to panels or, or say they attended my aquarium tour, but it was just too busy for them to have a chance to speak. We finally had a chance to chat and it made it easy for people to know where to find me because I was, I was stuck at my table (laughs) every day. For the daylight hours until the night came, um, which is nice, and in it's interesting that we're both talking about our effie experiences because I feel like in in that way, um, it's a big contrast because yeah. you know I mean you were out on the convention floor but you were also more focused on having experiences up in your room and whereas I was I was quite literally stuck <laughs> out yeah. in the con right. space could yeah. not leave
1: <laughs> yeah and I mean. Like, especially given the state of the world, like, I guess it's um, about, like, hedging your bets and feeling out what's comfortable for doing that. Because, I mean, I didn't get COVID and, like, it might be one of those things where, like, obviously, if you're being exposed all the time, like, you got to figure out the balance. Like, what do you feel comfortable doing if you're going to conventions again? and That kind of thing.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, um you know, like and I keep I keep talking about like these expectations for Effie, but honestly I feel like the worst part was having COVID after the con. <laughs> because I was hit so hard with it. Um and I honestly I brought it upon myself in a lot of ways because I actually I didn't test positive until a week after the convention. Um And I kept bragging to my friends that I have the superior immune system. (laughs) And that's why I wasn't positive yet. And then it hit me so hard, Um, which is why we're kind of late on recording this podcast, right? I had no voice. Yeah. No voice at all. And thankfully, as you guys can tell now, hopefully I sound about the same as I always have. Uh, I'm not 100% sure. I, I sometimes feel like I feel... Or sound a little raspy, but maybe that's just me imagining things.
1: <laughs> Sounds totally good to me.
0: Sound normal, perfect. Well, is there anything else that you would like to say about Effie? I I, I keep going on and on and on. I don't want to take I don't want to take uh, your time away because oh, I'm just blabbing.
1: Not at all, like. Yeah, I mean, like I say, I think there's like you have a lot more to say because you were the guest of honor and you were on the con floor the whole time and got these kind of intimate experiences with the interworkings of the con like during all of this and also like experiencing more people and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I think my experience was just really like chill really nice going to the hotel, but then like, again, connecting with the people. And I guess the other aspect of that is like, I was really nervous about getting back into it socially. And on the Thursday when it was just like, I hadn't gotten to suit yet. And I was just kind of seeing the people and then waiting in the red line and stuff. I think the red line was part of it too. I was just like, why am I doing oh, this? Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Cause
1: red lines always suck. Like I, I think the, like worst one I've been a part of was like one one year at MFF, it was like four or five hours or something like that. Like they me. always suck. So this is definitely, it's not even a pandemic thing with Fe but it mm-hmm. was very much like, okay, I'm in this space and like, you don't see like your friends yet. You're just kind of waiting with all these strangers and mm-hmm. uh, you, you have to do this very tedious thing. And it's like, okay, well, it, it wasn't the right decision to come back to cons <laughs> so soon. Yeah. Um, but then as soon as the Friday hit and like, I got to suit again and then I got to see friends cause like they were on the con floor and like, I knew where they would be. Like, mm-hmm. it's like, holy hell I needed this so bad, so bad. Like it was so rejuvenating to see people again at that scale. And I didn't realize I would need it. I'm a very introverted person. Like I don't, need that regularly. But after two years of not having it at all and then getting to experience again and even just like suiting too, mm-hmm. it was it was needed. It was like some kind of last stitch healing that really has brought me back to being like, okay, I can do things again. And uh like not even just at, at cons or like in the fandom. It's like I feel like I was being less productive at work and I was less like <laughs> capable in my day-to-day life and I didn't realize what it was that I needed and part of that was doing that again which Mm -hmm. is super weird but awesome so yeah I I guess that's like that was my big takeaway from the con is like it's it's good it's a good thing
0: (laughs) yeah yeah and you know after now that you've gotten past your first con how do you feel about more cons like I, I, you know, I kind of hinted at this earlier. We're both attending FWA, but how do you feel going into like the rest of the con season, so to speak?
1: I'm feeling more confident. I think part of my confidence, again, like you were saying, you didn't get COVID at the first few conventions, and you're kind of bolstered. You're like, mm-hmm. oh, I, I, I'm, I'm going to be okay. So I'm feeling <laughs> a little bit of that now. Like maybe it's not going to be that bad, and hopefully, won't get it at FWA, but. Mm. I think I'm also just like more confident in general, like this is going to be, I mean, FWA itself for me right now is like mind-blowingly excited about it for so many reasons. Mm -hmm. But I think like just as cons in general go, like feeling very confident about them and that like, there are good measures in place and you can take them at your, the pace that you feel like you want to and can keep you safe. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I, I think like, it's great. They're going to be happening again. And I think they should ha- keep happening.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And absolutely. I mean, I, I did mention that I got sick after Effie, but for me, uh, I'm fortunate enough, privileged enough, I guess you could say to, uh, have an immune system where combined with my, um, Vaccines that I am not too concerned about what would happen to me if I got the infection, especially now that I've already gotten it and and hopefully will not be getting it again. <laughs> but um, you know, I, I guess what I'm saying is I accepted the risk going into the convention that this may result in me getting sick. I've gotten sick now, and I'll um, have to say about that really is thank goodness for vaccines because. Uh, I'm a big baby, so I did complain about it. But overall, I was not that sick. It felt like just a really bad cold. And now that that's kind of happened, I'm a little less scared going into it. I recognize not everybody has that privilege to be able to be like, oh, well, it'll just be a cold um, because there are people that are immunocompromised. um, And I, I definitely recognize that. For me personally, it feels like now that I have gotten sick, I'm not as worried (laughs) does that i mean it's hard to explain right i know i probably am rambling on uh it's just kind of hard to find a way to place how i feel about the pandemic and things opening up and stuff because uh it's it's a lot of mixed emotions about it but overall i love that conventions are back I'm really looking forward to future conventions. Uh, the conventions really are doing everything they can to keep people safe, uh, even in the face of local governments that aren't. <laughs> conventions and convention staff are doing all they can. Uh, everybody I've encountered at conventions, too, I think this is worth noting. Everybody I've encountered has been super respectful, too. Um yeah even when I had people over to my room, like people were checking, like, can I take my mask off or do you want me to keep it on? Or, you know, how do you feel about this, this and that? And that has also made me feel really good. Maybe I'm just very fortunate to be surrounded by a great group of people, but I do feel like even out in like the dealer's den and out in the con space, everybody was super respectful of social distancing when they, when they could be the reg line, of course is (laughs) a different story, but um, that also makes me comfortable and overall i feel like conventions have conventions being back have tremendously helped with my mental health and it just feels great to to finally see people again and and be doing normal things as as normal as we can be right it's still different but it's uh it's better than uh you know not nothing at all
1: yeah and on the front of like people being respectful like even suiting most cons that I've gone to before, like, there's in sometimes, okay, often within the community, it feels like there's, like, this implied, like, hugginess, mm-hmm. Um, and that's not, it's not a good or bad thing. It depends on the situation, I guess. But mm-hmm. one thing that I really noticed was everybody that I interacted with, like, always asked, and that hadn't been the case in the past sometimes, but, like, this time it was definitely, like, Everybody was being very respectful of that, which is awesome to see. And Mm -hmm. it should be the case no matter what anyways, but like, especially in the pandemic, it's like really great to see that people are respecting it specifically for social distancing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And overall, I guess, uh, for anybody listening in on this, um, kind of in conclusion, (laughs) uh, obviously, make your own decision on, on if you feel safe attending conventions, this is kind of just from our own perspective. Uh, But if you do decide to attend conventions, uh, if you're going to FWA or, or AC or any of that, uh, we really hope to see you guys there. Um, It's, it's nice to finally connect with people in person. Again, Uh, we aren't hosting any panels, but we will be around and it would be great to at least say hi and hear your thoughts on the podcast and, and see how you've been doing. Uh, in all of this and maybe even hear from people who that is their first convention back because it'd be you know interesting to see if you guys had the same experiences as us
1: yeah, yeah oh, share it comments. with us like if you want to leave a comment or something like that or send an email like it'd be great to review that kind of thing and see how everybody's faring. yeah absolutely
0: Now, if you enjoy hearing us ramble (laughs) or just want to see us ramble in text form or maybe even just sharing uh, neat animal facts, we're pretty much everywhere on social media. Uh, For me in particular, I am on Twitter, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube, Twitch. I think that's all. I think it's all of them. Um, All under just Dr. Wildlife. That is D-R Wildlife. It's not actually spelled out. Um, That's where you can find me. Into, where can they find you?
1: You can find me at EntoBird everywhere as well. YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter, Twitch, all the things. Uh, Yeah, E-N-T-O-B-I-R-D, EntoBird.
0: Perfect. And thank you guys for listening to us. Um, I'm probably rambling a lot more than I usually am. Um, You know, listeners, I'm going to throw in a little PSA to all of you. Take care of yourselves. Remember to eat food. Right before this podcast, I remembered I have not ate all day. So if I seem a little bit more crazy or disoriented than normal, that is why. And I'm going to eat a nice bowl of chili after this episode. <laughs> um but anyway, thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening into this episode. We'll be continuing uh, with our guest. Um, we have a, a big guest list that we're rotating through. So uh, next episode, it will not just be the two of us. It will be us and a special guest, and we look forward to introducing you to them then. Have a great week, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.